Welcome to another episode of Distry. My name is Kirk from Walrus Carp, and with me, as always, is Kate, the Disney Cicerone. And tonight, we are going to continue our journey through the Phantom Manor. Now, last week when we left you off, we had talked about the concept, the ideation, some of the storylines, and we actually uh, got all the way up to the wraparound porch outside of the manor. But we haven't really officially stepped inside, so that's what we are going to do tonight. Kate, how are we doing this evening? Well, I'm thinking that we actually have to go back just a little bit. Just a tiny, tiny bit. Because that's... (laughs) Shock. I feel like that's what we do, right? We, like, go back. that's cool. So, um, go back to go forward, but... The only way you can go forward in this show is if we go backwards. But I do want to say that we have a lot to cover tonight, so we're going to be... My favorite thing, we're going to be efficient... I don't think it's that much. It's like a couple of rooms, dude. Okay. <laughs> I will be I will be fast. <laughs> Since I have a lot. I was I'm like scrolling my pages. I'm like, this is a lot of information, but I'm just gonna say well, you know, we can always stop earlier. What's the fun in that? <laughs> no, I agree. But um let's start outside the mansion. Um I'll back up a little bit. We did talk about the outside of Phantom Manor and how it's weathered on one side because they want to simulate the weather comes from the east. So we did the pink colors. We did the concept art for it and how it was originally a very pristine and manicured manor. And now um, in before all of these things happened and then it became this dilapidated one in its storyline. So um, Kirk is showing you the more dilapidated version of it. But outside the manor, and I actually... In all my travels there, I didn't get a good daytime photo of this, so I have what they their recreation of it. But there's a sign that is in the um, in the front that is has this like demon face on it, and then it has snakes around it, and it's very much a, like a haunted mansion esque uh, sign. But it says Phantom Manor, and uh, there's a quote on the bottom that says Non Omnis Moriar which is Latin for not everything dies or not all of me will die, which is uh, plays right into um, the idea suggesting the master of the house is as cultured, but also a warning of the phantom that he becomes. So that's why it's in Latin. But it comes from the odes of Latin poet Horace, book three, ode 30, if you want to get uh, specific. But I thought a really interesting part of this was the face of this demon was inspired by Beethoven, who also fought his own inner demons. So it was inspired by a bust of Beethoven. I don't think it looks a lot like him, to be fair. But, and then what do you have over there, Kirk? Oh, I have uh, the warning sign for when you're going into. It says, no admittance by the order of Thunder Mesa Town Council. This mansion will remain closed until all strange sightings and mysterious occurrences have been thoroughly investigated. And this is both in... French and English, which we will see throughout um, the narration and on the ride itself. Uh, Because, again, this is in Europe. This is in France. So uh, it's going to be French as the dominant language, but a common language amongst Europeans is English. So that's why we get um, dual in here. The, The one thing about that Latin, I'm just thinking about it. Don't you think also uh, Melody, I know we haven't really gotten into her as much, but don't you think like her loss and love could also, you know, that doesn't die because she just continues hanging on to the hopes 
that her suitor will finally arrive. Yeah, and it's interesting. I feel like um, because of the way that they use this also on their merch, not that I use merch for like backstory, but like you can uh, see. You have a Phantom Manor lounge fly? I have not showed you this yet. <laughs> you have a Phantom Manor lounge fly? I do. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So it says non ominous Moriar on it with these, the four oh, singing glass. And then they have the phantom with Melanie in front of it. And then they actually, these little purple things here are the names of the suitors. And it actually has a little stanchion bat. And then on the back, they like to put QR codes on their lounge flies, which drives me crazy. But there's a... Why are they in QR codes? Where does that go? It goes to like digital extras, like wallpapers and stuff. But I'm like, why is it printed on my bag? Like put it on the tag or something, you know? <laughs> this yeah, is like what they very, do. It's a very odd thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. That is yeah. that is a very very special lounge fly. It is. I couldn't resist, but it's uh, that's why I wanted to go over that phrase because I think it's really important to these this plot of this uh, time. And you couldn't show together. off your lounge fly if you didn't talk. To <laughs> I've already showed it off a couple times. Oh, uh, it was like a humble brag. It was like, oh, do you want to see the phantom? I have it here, and like can you just bring an audio animatronic in from the side. Anyway, so let's talk about. Um, the other things that are outside the mansion that we didn't really talk about, one is the landscaping. And they use oh, very yeah. specific plants um, to evoke sorrow and grief. Um, so the sorrow is evoked by hanging branches of weeping willow and cedar. Um, and the proper properties kind of tortured past is suggested by intertwined hazel trees with um, withered leaves. They have like stickly withered leaves on them. And then the Threat of the phantom is uh, flattened branches of the Nudka cypress trees at the end of the attraction. They mm. reach for guests as if to pull them back in, which I thought was really cool detail, which I think is what you're looking at there. They have like almost like arms. Yeah. Like they're reaching towards you. And they definitely are like draped over in an ominous way, which also kind of is a throwback to a little Snow White action. With the uh, the forest and woods that are reaching out that we've talked oh, about yeah. several times. Like Gustav Tengren and whatnot. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So then they also have crooked trees, some dead trees, and they also let invasive plants like ivy and wisteria kind of run wild so it looks overgrown. And they have, I was actually laughing as I was reading this list because a lot of these plants are like native or grow in Oregon because we're kind of on the same latitude. So it's very okay. similar um, plants. And What's really funny is that they look, the landscaping, they talk's a big game, but this is what it looks like. <laughs> what did it's, you read? You must have read that from like a Disneyland Paris botanist parks, you know? Oh, it was from the book that was like highlighting all right, the things like they did, it's, you know? It's like, ready? <laughs> this is uh, this is like your resume versus your actual work experience. <laughs> Yeah, so what we're looking at here is some, like, pebble gravel with some weeds. Um, there are some dead sticks. Uh, there's a, there's a, this is a cedar tree, I think, back here. There is this Oregon grape, which is spiny, so that's kind of ominous in its own way. And then there's just some overgrown vines and stuff. This looks like it hasn't been maintained in a long time, which I guess is on, on par. With well, what Walt would be. be upset about it because, you know, they have to handle the, the ghosts handle the inside. You know, they keep it nice. Yeah, that's true. Not um, so much here. They also have purple cherry plum trees, which are super obnoxious if you've ever had one in your yard because they drop this like fruit that's like really not that edible, but the birds kind of eat it and then they leave it in your yard and then it sprouts more trees and it's just kind of like a useless one. So 
I don't like those trees. Uh, I Dude. had one. I had one in my front yard for a long time at my old house. Wouldn't it? Did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, everything has a purpose, Kate. You know, like, oh, it's it's here to annoy me. Clearly. But, but they yeah, have these red leaves to them, so that's why it looks kind of like ominous in that way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They they when they blossom, they're very pretty. They they are, but they're kind of like pointless. So I don't know. That's that's a thing. You can also see so in this picture here you can see kind of those withered leaves of that uh of the hazel hazel plant, hazel trees. The so. birds eat them, Kate. <laughs> the birds Is that a point? <laughs> Um, oh, dude. so there's also an interesting thing. Do you happen to have the picture of the, like the pretty house when it looks nice? Um, uh, I have the concept one, like the, yeah. the Julie Svetson one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that picture yeah. of that original house in, that is also in the grand hall. If you look at it, it shows a whole bunch of rose beds on it. So it looks like it's very manicured with the rose beds, but the roses are no more, but they kind of left all the like tangled brambles behind. So that's something that ties directly back into that portrait that you actually do see in the Grand Hall later. So um, kind of an interesting thing that you might not be aware of when you go, but does exist. It's also what's so cool. What's so cool about that is it's very subtle and you'll see it when we uh, when we get to the Grand Hall. It's it was the first thing I noticed as soon as we were in there, you know? It's yeah. It's like it's just because this is such a pretty this is such a cool portrait, especially because of the ominous cloud. Mm-hmm. Like if it was just the house, I think I would be bored. But the the detailing to the skull with the outstretched arms, but there's also like skulls across uh, the entirety of the shoulders, and it's just I don't know. It's it's very foreboding and freaks me out. It's it's crazy. It's really effective. Well, and yeah, you see in that great. that pictures, there's also. Um, there's some statues and things too, which still do exist. Uh, they're not exactly that statue. There are statues of people in the queue, but they also have some statues of animals and things as well. But they all look like they've just seen better better days. They're all a little weird. Yeah, these ones look like, well, one of them looks like a cherub. The other one looks like what Melanie would look like. So there's also a sundial on here. Yeah. There's a sundial in the actual queue. I don't know that I saw one. That doesn't mean that it didn't exist, but um, I don't. I know there's one. They have all these just kind of like random pedestals everywhere, and like planters. Like here's this one looks like a bird bath. I think that's in the queue, but okay. it's nothing like. There's no detailing on it. There's no words on it. It's just kind of these bland concrete things. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but I do want to point out that the queue did change from its original concept. If you can look in this model, it was going to have a a really beautiful Victorian barn was going yeah. to be there. And they basically just had budget changes, so they had to make it simpler. So instead, it's just a little covered building that you walk through. Yeah, it's like a queue area if they need to use it extended-wise. But yeah, it's just basically... It's still a pitched roof, but there's no siding. There's no facade. So, like, it's in the space of where the barn would be if there was yeah. a barn. Uh, but, yeah, it's just for the queue. Oh, yeah, you can see it here. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jeff Bird is pulling a jump scare. You can kind of see it here. They just changed it to just having a roof. Um, yeah. 
this is a covered area and they do have some little fountains and statues and things in there, but that's it. So anyway, so there's that. And oh, and then the gazebo, which we didn't mention last week, and we have to have to just mention the gazebo, which is such a place setting thing um, on a foreboding thing. Um, here's a little picture of it at night. But this is where you hear that uh, music box tune that you might be familiar. And I think they bring it in for Disneyland as well uh, for Nightmare Before Christmas overlay the Haunted Mansion holiday. They bring in this like ghostly music box tune. And uh, that's actually written by John Debney. And what they did was they had um, a traditional music box uh, manufacturer. They engraved the tune onto some metal discs and they played it in a classic music box and then they recorded it. So it is actually played by a music box that they had made. And it's very similar to the 19th century uh, mechanical instruments such as the polyphon or the symphonian music boxes, which I do have a photo of that, I think. Hey, have you ever heard, Kate, the fan theory that music boxes are the reasons why there's like these cursed music boxes are the reasons why the ghosts can actually materialize? And it's not through a seance room. But it's through these, these, or at least that's like the opening portal for it. Because within every single haunted mansion, there is a music box. There's not one for Disney World, but for all the other ones, including Mystic Manor, there, there's some sort of loose tie. Yeah, I don't I believe that. I, but I, they, I just think it's a reused concept because they're like, this is good, and we can just alter it and reuse it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't, I haven't heard any official tie back in to that. But it's an interesting idea. I think the, the the purpose of the gazebo with the music happening there is it's uh, very much like if you remember when we talked about Disneyland in uh, the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland and they had um, glasses of lemonade that were sitting out and tea and whatnot. This has the same kind of thing. It's like tea service is sitting out and it looks like nobody picked it up and carried it away and put it away. Like you wouldn't just leave your tea service, your expensive, nice tea service out in this gazebo. So it's almost as if it presents this sense of foreboding for us because we're like, what happened to these people that they didn't come get their tea set? It's like they're raptured or something, you know, like what happened? I mean, honestly, uh, in the police reports, that's usually the number one thing. So you're saying they left their tea set out. <laughs> Nobody would ever do that. You're right. You're right. We got to gotta find them. <laughs> they left their tea set out. <laughs> yeah, dude, you said it like so matter of fact, like everyone knows that you wouldn't leave your well, tea set out not like a big old fancy one like you wouldn't let it out in the elements in the gazebo I, the gazebo is clean up when you're not the elements so you put it in the gazebo you know? it's either that they or like something bad happened to them or they're just like college dudes who don't clean up after themselves <laughs> it's one or the other <laughs> yeah and they're not drinking out of tea sets so so shall we step into the foyer mm -hmm. foyer depending Although, on how you want to pronounce just, it I have to point this out because I know you'll appreciate this. Hang on. Let me rotate this image to the right. And we're going to zoom in here. So this is a official blueprint for, uh, <laughs> for Phantom Banner. But look at this. This is like one of Eisner's big, big blunders. This is Euro Disneyland versus it's saying Disneyland Paris. So... Um, because that was the big thing. It was in France, and there wasn't really this completely... Every single country views themselves independently, especially when 
Disneyland uh, or Euro Disneyland opened, it didn't really feel like homogenous. Like it was France's Disneyland. And they were very offended, the Parisians, yeah. which understandably so. But yeah. I just thought it was cool because like, I was looking at it, I'm like, you don't think of Euro Disneyland that much. No. Uh, so seeing it on an original source document. I saw it on um, the bottom of lampposts when I was there. They still had oh, that's Disneyland. Weird. Yeah. So 1992, still mm-hmm. around. Still a thing. So let's step into the foyer. And there is two different versions of this because there's the one that was there in 1992. And then remember, they did a whole bunch of updates to the Phantom Manor in 2018. So they added a lot of effects and things. So they're kind of two different. Yeah. Levels, two and to... To give people, I think, a better understanding of what kind of space we're walking into, if you're familiar with Disneyland or Disney World, this would be a space that would have our changing uh, man portrait, right? Yes. In this instance, it's a little different, but we're still precursor to a stretching room. We are walking into the little foyer section first. It's true. And so... Well, we had there, the original one contained, of course, a dusty chandelier and then two mirrors. Um, the room had was lined with dark wood paneling and uh, the voice of the phantom sounded from the ceiling, politely welcoming guests in French, not English, uh, telling them the legend of the place and inviting them to explore the manor further. And then um, so I have some concept art for this space, which looks like this. You can see the elevators are on both sides and then Melanie's in the middle and I have a few notes about the mirror here. The narrator explained um, how Beauty once lived in this house and Beauty lives here still and says, show yourself. And so then Melanie would appear and it's, they'd say, lovely, isn't she? Come, I have more beauty to show you. So Julie Svedson painted the original concept art for the mirror, Melanie, and then um, then it was developed. it was developed from Christian Hope's initial drawing of Melanie. So... This is Christian Hope's original portrait of Melanie. So then Julie Svedson took that portrait and then made this one. But then it was taken by some other artists and then made the other one. There's the mirror. And then this is the kind of final version, which is very like 80s. (laughs) I feel like. Yeah. Well, Molly Ringwald was a big fan of uh, the thing. So the illusion of Melanie appearing and disappearing behind the mirror was achieved with a light behind the glass. Uh, When it lit up, the outside reflections would be overpowered, giving it a a fleeting view of the portrait. So that's how they achieved that effect back in the day. Um, And I have a note from Jeff Burke, who said, The Phantom Manor show sets and many of its furnishings were produced by a British company by the name of Ackland Snow. They are located just outside of London and also produce sets for the BBC. Among the furnishings that they provided were the portraits and stretch paintings based on Julie Svedson's original artwork. Ackland Snow was a huge art department and many different artists worked on the Phantom Manor project. So that's what you'll see here is that um, Christian Hope or Julie Svedson would make these paintings and then Ackland Snow would take them and actually like produce them for the manor, if that makes sense. So you can see, oh, you have it there. Oh, that's great. So you can see then Melanie has kind of have, if she looks like she changes a little bit, it's because she went through multiple artists, I guess, is where I'm trying to to get with that. That's the point. So she does look a little bit different from um, artist to artist, depending on who was who was doing it. She has a very wide set eyes in this one, though, I have to say. 
I like how it starts off with giving us a little bit of insight into the fact that Melanie is awaiting her marriage. Yeah. So they did change this um, in 2018, and they actually added a whole bunch of effects to it. Just the effects the are pretty impressive. Like I was like, oh my goodness, look at that. <laughs> So I was that's, really. If you guys don't realize that, that that's Kate being excited. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look at that. It's true. Um, <laughs> so what we're seeing here, basically, it changes from a pale portrait with rotten wood and ripped wallpaper, and you see Henry and Melanie. Well, we should look a little closer at the portrait in a second, but you see Henry and Melanie um, hanging out in the portrait. And then um, Melanie is in mourning garb here. She's not in bridal. Looks like bridal, but not bridal. Mourning garb. Um, and then there's a noose hanging from the tree. And there's four heart initials on the tree for her four fiancés, which I think I have a closer up picture of that somewhere. There's also dead trees in a dilapidated house. So that's what you walk into is it's very much this kind of uh, the top one that you can see here. So he's he's very threatening behind her in her morning garb, has his hands on her shoulders, has a very stern expression. And then on the trees is all of these little like you would carve your initials in the tree, but they're all crossed out. <laughs> so those are all her suitors that didn't quite make it. Yeah, Henry uh, was very protective of Miss Melanie. Um, so then the room transforms and it becomes this full color portrait in happier times so you actually go back in time to and you have a less menacing henry the landscaping is all alive and well um the melanie is wearing a blue dress and she's maybe engaged or in love because there is one heart and initials on the tree over there instead of four and uh so that's a it's a, a change did you want to talk about any of the other things that happened there no, it's just it, all I witnessed when I looked through the POV. Again, I'm like leaning on you because you actually have tactical knowledge. All I have is videos that I've watched. Uh, it's lots of flashing and strobe effects, almost like lightning. And then these vibrant uh, lights come on, which I can't tell if it's all projection oh, I or have if some of them are blacklight photoreactive as well. I'm assuming it's it a mixture of both. Okay, so the room does illuminate um, as this change happens. It goes to green and purple with the rotten wood and ripped wallpaper returning to its original glory. Um, the torn wallpaper in the foyer is printed on a translucent material, a scrim, and the vibrant oh. wallpaper is printed behind it. That when the main sense. lights go down, UV lights illuminate the vibrant wallpaper, making it visible through the outside scrim. I love That's that. That effect works. It's crazy, too, because Scrim is like this looks like there's nothing in front of it. It's very impressive. So you can watch this effect change um, in just a second. It'll go. It's so, so cool. Yeah. The whole room kind of illuminates and it's pretty neat Ch shift to this uh, when it's like going back in time. So the narration for it in this area, it it oscillates between English and French, but I have the translation here. Do we want to hear that, maybe? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm just going to read it all in English, but just know that these lines kind of go sent almost sentence by sentence alternate between English and French. So it says, When hinges creak in doorless chambers, 
when strange and worrisome sounds are heard all around, where candlelight flickers, where the air is deathly still. It is because the phantom of the house manifests himself. Welcome, curious friends. It's so nice to have guests. We are happy to greet you, humble mortals, in this mysterious manner. You may not believe it, but beauty once lived in this house. This is when the portrait now transforms. Phantom Manor had happy days in the past, but times change. Now curious souls, come, I have more to show you. Brave mortals, please enter and let's visit this famous manor together. And then you go into the doorless chamber. Now, in previous manners, we've had ghost hosts specifically, um, and, and we kind of have an identity of who they are, the hatchet man, right? In this instance, do we know who our narrator is, apart from Vincent Price for the American version or the English portion? You no, know, it's, it says, yeah, I don't know. It's because the Phantom of the House manifests itself. I don't know, because it doesn't say, like, I am your host, your ghost host. Right, exactly. In any of this. So I do have some more script. Maybe as we read through it, maybe we'll get a little bit more. But I don't think so. I don't think there's a specific ghost or ghost host. It's just a disembodied voice. It's chatting with you. <laughs> and this is where they do have the one. The French version is in one speaker and the English is in another. So it kind of sounds like it's coming from everywhere in the room, which is kind of interesting. So it's not like coming from the portrait or anything like that. Um, do you have anything else on the foyer? Should we move move forward? Um, sure. Let's move forward. It's interesting because this is not called the stretching room officially. It's called the doorless chamber. So yeah, I've I've also I, according to again depends on who you listen to. This also could be the secret room. So it depends. Yeah, I've seen that too. So really interesting. It, as we go through our storm lighting effect, we walk through into uh, one of these stretching rooms, and now we're we're greeted with this this secret room, which we had talked about before. This is uh, originally in the first rendition of the stretching rooms. This is where Julie Spetson's uh, paintings of a young Melanie Ravenswood replaced the Mark Davis ones that we all know from. Uh, the U.S. versions, and when the rooms stretch, it shows the peril that's going on with uh, with Melanie. Now, Melanie is going over the falls. Melanie is being attacked by a gator creature, and obviously, <laughs> these are these are all kind of, you know, the the gator is or this like creature of the deep is uh, a good way to juxtapose the the ones that are in the states. Also, she's carrying a parasol. So it's almost like she is the parasol girl throughout here. They also, we get one picture with the uh, copperhead, the scorpion, the tarantulas, the beetle, all of those carrying ants. And that is with her original one suitor, who was Jake. Now, good old Jake. Yeah, well, not so good old Jake because we <laughs> see the roses and there's RIP. Jake is crawling out of it. Poor Jake. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not so... That's so great. Yeah. I do like, and I don't know how the lighting looked originally, um, but as we go into the refurbed section, I just noticed the lighting in here. I don't, I don't know if it was illuminated with these red spotlights on the ground. I just think that's really interesting because we don't have any light on our walls. Like we have them 
uh, elevated above the gargoyles, which the gargoyles didn't change in either of the uh, renditions. And wallpaper is very similar to, to previous uh, haunted mansions. And there are four portraits that stretch. But the red lights, to me, are a big deal on the ground. Yeah, I don't remember those being in it either. Like, if there's... We've talked about lighting in the U.S. parks before and how Walt Disney World in general is much, much darker than the Disneyland version, although it got a little brighter with some of the updates they made recently. But um, this, I'd say Phantom Manor is the darkest version of any of the haunted houses, haunted mansions I've gone in in Disney so far. Like, it's so dark, my my phone could barely pick up anything <laughs> in it. Yeah, it's crazy. Is, yeah, it's very, very dark in there. So... I wonder if that's like a low light photo that's picking up more of that light than you actually see. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be a longer exposure. You know, it looks a little, um, I will say this on the edges, it looks a little blurry. So they could have gotten like a touch of motion blur if they stood there and then got yelled at to like go inside. Do you know what I mean? But they, (laughs) yeah, they had it open like the, uh, the shutter just like a quarter second longer, you know? Yeah. So we talked about this a lot last week, so we don't have to linger on it too much. But the portraits of the four suitors, um, they're going to come back in a lot of these other places in the mansion. Just to refresh your memory, uh, Barry Claude is the one who's sitting on a branch of a tree as an angry bear and her cub claw their way up towards him. Uh, Sawyer Bottom sits on the log of a sawmill being pulled towards a spinning circular saw. Uh, Captain Rowan D. Falls uh, is alone in a rowboat and is about to go over a steep waterfall, just like Melanie was in the original version. And then Ignatius Knight, or Iggy Knight, stands atop a stack of dynamite boxes with a lit fuse, very much like the original Mark Davis um, iteration as well. So um, those are the four suitors, and you do see them tied back into other parts of the mansion, or the manor, sorry, as well. Um, So just wanted to put that and somebody said they represent the four seasons and i don't see that so that theory's uh, out there water would be like spring i guess fall would be the dead wood i don't i don't know what are they going for here i'm not sure i i think it was just a theory but i've never seen anything official that says that so okay um so i do have how they did this effect because it's actually quite impressive um what happens with them is that the suitor actually like melanie disappears so she's with them before it stretches and then she disappears and then it's just just the suitor by himself facing his fate and it's of incredibly effective um effect and so the way that they did this uh, Greg Pro created this artwork digitally. So this is digital artwork. The portraits consist of two scrims, so screens, essentially. Uh, the back sheets feature Melanie. They're illuminated from behind. Uh, when these lights go down, the scrims are no longer visible. So Melanie then disappears. The lights come up in front of the portrait, and now we only see the front scrim, which is the portrait without Melanie in it. The suitor is alone and soon meets his end. I love so, that. If you look really closely, you can tell that there's two scrims because Melanie is slightly translucent compared to the suitors. And uh, it also kind of like shifts a little bit. They, they seems to change position due to the um, the them being apart from each other. So, um, 
yeah, the, the illusion's really, really impressive. And uh, it's interesting, though, that Jeff Burke, good old Jeff Burke had comments about this. And he said, honestly, I haven't made up my mind about the new portraiture in Phantom Manor. But if it helps the guests understand the storyline more clearly, then I respect their opinions. Overall, I feel the renovation of the manor was extremely successful, particularly in the areas of show lighting, special effects, and figure animation. So he's kind of undecided, I guess, <laughs> about these ones. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he didn't like him. I guess he's just a purist and would prefer to have Melanie alone and or or just have the suitors. I don't really know. Maybe just like the original, you know, like so that's that happens. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like this is again a case of nostalgia over something that's elates guests and impresses them more. So there's Melanie, and then you can see she disappears. And then the room starts stretching. So it's it's a very interesting um, effect. And I think I think it's very effective. Like, I wasn't ex expecting it because all the research I'd done had been on the old version. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was very excited. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Um, I do have the script for this area. Do you have anything else before I do the script? Uh, no, go for it. Okay. So, again oscillates between English and French, says, Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you gaze upon the sweet innocence of youth. Kindly step all the way in, make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Here you can admire the portraits of the beautiful mistress of the house and her slightly less lucky suitors. Perhaps you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Alas, things are not always as they seem. Not all story tales have happy endings. It appears everyone is doomed at Phantom Manor, even you. And notice this, this chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. And there's like a cackling laugh. <laughs> and then, um, by the way, there is no door and no window. How do you get out? So it kind of repeats that in English and in French, because this is the French part. If you don't find the way to escape, the Phantom, Manor, Phantom of the Manor will happily help you. The stretching room then goes dark at this point, and you hear kind of crazed laughter, but you don't hear any screams. So this is when you see uh, the phantom up in the ceiling. Um, the original version had the phantom uh, hanging the groom from the rafters with a noose in the attic. The updated version just has phantom holding an empty noose over your head like he's threatening you instead. So they've changed that so there's actually no like hanging hanging body <laughs> um just probably for the best but uh so then it says i didn't mean to frighten you prematurely come meet the future bride whose beauty will give you chills the real beauty of this house awaits further on and she's dying to meet you but beware the phantom our future bride is still waiting for the man of her life any volunteer and then there's a, a cackle and then uh there is much to see, so look alive and stay together. I'd hate to lose you so soon. Don't be scared. Go and move forward. And then the gargoyles whisper, and they tell you to get out. Let's all stay oh, together. They do the Had to have been excited about that. I was so excited. My kids are like, come on, Mom. Like, let's get out of here. I was like, no, I have to see if they whisper. And I was like, they whisper. <laughs> the little thing. It is. The... You know what I like about this a lot is um, in previous versions of the stretching room, when you're looking above you, 
you see our ghost host as like a body, right? So this is the the concept art. There's the body, and then I mean it's it's pretty graphic. It it's is. a skeleton. Yeah. It's a straight skeleton. But yet when you look at yeah, I mean he's hanging a guy, but now it looks like this where it's just a noose in his hand versus a person. But the Phantom himself is an actual figure. It's a skeletal figure that's standing there with glowing red eyes. It's very impressive looking where we have a villain for the first time in the mansion where it's more just ominous and spooky and scary, but there's no like direct threat. Here in the stretching room, we have a direct threat saying, like, you're in peril, and this is the guy who's going to bring it. That's true. That's a good you point. You know, which is really, really unique as a storyline. It's one of the reasons why I like this manor better than most of the mansions. It's just really unique story. Well, it's very, it's scarier in a lot of ways because you're, oh, yeah. it's like you're actively fighting to get out of the manor versus <laughs> what do you do? That's, no, that's me like panicking because this. By the way, they lied again. No, they lied again. Uh, thank you. I'm like a good actor, you know. Yeah. The uh, they lied again with there's no windows and no doors, and then immediately they illuminate and there's windows up there in the air. I know. Like, what's up with that? Like, yeah, stop lying to us. Enough. Enough. There are windows. We just don't see them yet. <laughs> Um, so before we move on and, and get out of this, I just have, to, I just found this meme and it just, <laughs> just, I don't know how I ended up on Phantom Manor memes, but this one made me giggle. So <laughs> it's the, it's like the Phantom sitting at that table. That's like the change my mind table. And it says, no man is good enough for my daughter. Change my mind. Yeah. Eileen had a great question. Who is the Phantom? Well, we don't really know who the Phantom is exactly to a T up until this point. But we have been introduced to somebody who really is not a big fan of Melanie and her suitors. And that might be Henry, her father. But we'll leave it at that for now. I do want to point out before we leave the stretching room that these are... Uh, descending elevators, so they do actually go underground. It's one of the main reasons, too, that when we look outside the manor's facade, we're elevated up on a hill, which was built up purposefully so that they could build a an elevator shaft on this version of the manor, where they did that with a prerequisite to get underneath the train tracks for Disneyland and for space constraints. In Walt Disney World, we found out that they originally were going to have elevators. However, they couldn't use them because basically like the week before they were having like water seeping. So they didn't want to use uh, the elevators there for fear that maybe the Rivers of America, not due to high water table, but Rivers of America might seep in um, because that's what happened in Disneyland. Right. So uh, instead, they utilized at least one elevator that we know of is in Cosmic Rays, and it lifts Cosmic Ray or lowers them down and becomes like just a DJ booth or a stage area. But yes, Phantom Manor is an actual legit elevator, and these ones are physically stretching where we're stretching down. And in Walt Disney World, which I believe is the only one that stretches upwards, where the yeah. we're raising the roof up in Orlando. <laughs> 
yeah and i think that you know them raising up um raising up on top of the hill i think helped also prevent that and it's fair it's far enough away from the water too that i think that they didn't have to worry about it i don't yeah, know I think, why and like again i feel like previous lessons learned so that they have all these little fail safes so that they could do it the way that they wanted to do it which is to drop down in an elevator because it's more convincing when you're actually moving versus the ceiling moving although i do think that if you look in a certain angle uh the illusion is quite nice and actually gives you a very uneasy feeling like you are moving through an optical illusion so yeah yeah uh there was a question from last week about what happened to henry will henry and the mom die in an earthquake correct which so there's an earthquake in 1860 that happens due to upsetting the spirit uh thunderbird over in thunder mesa in big thunder mountain which henry owns the mining company that was drilling deeper and deeper into uh the soil and the rock and disturbing uh the settlers and the spirits that were there previously so as a result it is thought that the earthquake was the spirit's revenge, and that is how Melanie's parents die. He didn't sing with all the colors of the wind. He didn't respect the earth. <laughs> so he paid the price, I, the ultimate price. You would you would have been so bad the other day. Dak, uh, Miko, and Pocahontas were were on a flotilla. Which, if you don't know what a flotilla is, it's the boats cavalcades of Animal Kingdom. That travel on the same exact path that there was a boat tour that existed in Disney's Animal Kingdom. They still have the boat docks for it. Uh, and I wonder if there's flotillas. I, they probably aren't. They're just regular probably pontoon boots. But anyway. Uh, they, they repurpose the boats for other things, I think. Yeah. That, it, but that would make the, sense. Not the pontoon ones, no. Yeah, so so Pocahontas is coming around the corner. And there's a big, giant right-hand turn coming up. So I'm saying hi to Miko, and then she starts jabbing her about something, and I'm like, I'm talking to the raccoon, baby. <laughs> no, and I just, I just said, well, I guess I'll catch you guys uh, just around the river bend, and she looks at me with like, <laughs> as their boat, as their boat just like goes off into the distance <laughs> around like the blind corner. You should have <laughs> sprinted to the other side and like been like, hello. I'm here. Like ran, ran to the bridge. It would have been the bridge up by like uh, how you enter into Africa. Been like, man, am I? Uh... I don't know. There's no good line to get the colors of the wind, but yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, that's a funny story. Thanks for sharing that one. Um, shall we go into the portrait gallery? Yeah, yeah. So portrait gallery, you guys to refresh your memory. And if anybody's asking, this is Jason uh, Searle's book, The Haunted Mansion, Imagineering, a Disney classic. This is great if you're a Haunted Mansion history fan or just like pictures. If you like pictures, there's a lot. <laughs> I like pictures, of just in general. Right? Like, I, I think that, yeah, well, I mean, like for me, it's such a, I think attractions are so visual. It's great to to find out nitty gritty. Like this isn't as detailed. This isn't really a detail book. Like you're not going to learn the inner workings of how every single uh, effect. But not. Yeah, but it's it's not. It's really not. It's not even that much of a story. You know, (laughs) like it's it's more for those that like pictures. (laughs) But I do like pictures anyway. 
Uh, so these are in Disneyland. This is the concept art for uh, the portrait galleries. And there, you know that in Walt Disney World, uh, that gets shifted from the Sinister 11 into the changing portraits. But we're having a very much Disneyland moment here mm-hmm. and getting to walk through changing portraits, which originally didn't exist even in Walt Disney World. So I do have the befores and the afters of all of these pictures, or at least some of them. Yeah. Um, so these were the ones that, were, of course, were made by Mark Davis. We talked about these ones when we did um, the U.S. parks. But and the interesting part about this is it uses the original fading technique, that, um, which was a six-slide transition one to the other um versus like you think of like the lightning flashing and the lightning would change the portrait this one was just it it just fade it one into the other so um do you want to show them which ones they have yeah hang on i'm just i'm trying to do them like side by side because i think it looks better but i'm just organizing all right (laughs) so the first one is henry right so wait no that's not the original one that's what? that's later. I oh, I don't have the I don't have the OG ones. Okay. What were the OG ones. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, like that that's in, in 2018. So the original ones had. We have, um, the knight and his horse on a cliff. What? And then be, he became a ghostly being. I don't know. They if I straight have up used the, the Disneyland like, ones. The lid- what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used the Mark Davis ones. Then like Witch the, of Walpurgis and stuff? Uh, well, they didn't I have that one. In that one but. No. So they had the young woman, the the Greek the Greek temple becoming Medusa. So they had that one. They had the ghost ship sailing through a storm. Uh, and then the woman reclining on a lounge a sofa that becomes a weir panther. So those are the ones that they had originally. Um, and that was it. So, yeah. So they had those ones. And then they changed them in 2018. And now, Kirk, is your turn to show what hang you on, got. Hang on, hang on. I got to show Wear Panther Lady. Oh, Wear Panther Lady. That sounds like a clothing line. She's chill. Yeah, I so those are the ones Panther. that... So that's why I'm talking about the six-slide six transition, because they made six slides of these, not just one and then the other one and go between. There was actually six versions of it that it would kind of fade in between them. So now... This is what happened in 2018. They added this because they're adding more to the storyline. Yep. So I would venture a guess because of this. This is kind of our smoking gun potentially leading us to that Henry is the Phantom. So this is a picture of Henry disdainfully looking on. It's very gloomy. Uh, again, he has opulence, color of purple, which is royal regal. In Thunder Mesa, Henry was everything community leader one of the most financially wealthy and independent was able to build that amazing manor that looked over the entire town and then we get the switchover which is the phantom's face so i i don't know would you say that this kind of gets you there yeah this is what that's what they intended is they're like we're going to very clearly identify that he is the phantom so that's that's what they did there so um they also have the cowboy is actually a really interesting one too. Do you have a picture of that? I do. So the cowboy, I have some information on that. So there's okay. a, a cowboy on horseback who looks out over kind of a rugged landscape. Um, Big Thunder Mountain is in the distance. And then they have uh, gray clouds in the sky. 
and then it changes to show a um, the horse and rider as skeletal spirits with bolt of lightning streaks across the sky and a herd of spectral cattle stampeding through the clouds, which is just fantastic. Um, so this was created... I love that big thunders there too. Yeah. So this is created by artist Greg Pro again, who did like the changing portraits um, in the doorless chamber. So we're calling it the stretching room essentially. Um, so this was inspired by Texan folklore of ghost riders in the sky, which you might know that song, right? Was be became a popular Western song by Stan Jones in 1948. Um, it, this is interesting because this portrait has a strong resemblance to Imagineer Tim Landry, who was involved in the upgrade of Phantom Manor. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's just really an interesting little connection is instead of, you know, like sometimes we'll see Tony Baxter show up in Big Thunder Mountain and all these things like this is like, oh, well, now we have Tim Landry <laughs> is the face of this dude. He's hanging out in this portrait. So I think that's fun. They must have really enjoyed him as a boss to uh, send a thunderbolt directly at him. <laughs> I like that the, the spectral cattle in the sky are like these like bony skeletal cattle that are like coming down to get him. <laughs> the um, the kind of horse reminds me a little bit of like what the thestrals or whatever from yeah. Harry Potter kind of vibe, you know? They're very thestral-esque. I right. agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So then we also have um, a sailing ship that turns into a burning vessel. I don't know if I, I have, have a one. picture of that. You have that, that, one. Have that one? Yeah, I do. So instead of like the sailing ship in the storm, we have the sailing ship that turns into a burning vessel, which I think is really interesting. Um. And uh, yeah, so there's the same. So that's that's the original, and then it's which original. When I downloaded this, I was like, "Is this one on fire?" Because it kind of looks like it. <laughs> but no, no, you can see with the uh, the sails. Yeah, the sails are just ablaze. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there is Dude, that boat must be dope because that's straight fire. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I was gonna say it's hot, but I'm like that's just lame. So move it on. <laughs> um, then we also have a really interesting one that plays on something that is in the U.S. ones, uh, which is the dueling portraits. Uh, one of which is Henry Ravenswood. They're depicted standing back to back with the manor in the background, and then it flashes to an image of Henry turning and shooting the other man in the back which is very much like displaying his character. He's the kind of guy who will shoot you in the back. All right. Now, Kate, this is the part of the show where you do your best impersonation of the guy on the left getting shot in the back. What, what would be the noise you would make? Because you're not expecting it. So, <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> My hat has to be like flying off. I need like a hat. <laughs> I got it. I think I, I would go. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> he's a little of scream. He's getting shot in the back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to. Like you're not expecting it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So this plays off of the duelists that are actually in the. <laughs> um, they're in the grand hall or the ballroom of the U.S. parks. So you'll see the duelists up on the walls, which is not here in the. Um, 
the grand hall in this version, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, and there there is a thought behind did one shoot before another. This is this is an argument that there's like a millisecond difference between the two uh, animatronics and. I wouldn't agree, but this is definitely a Han shot or Greedo shot first conversation amongst audience <laughs> people. I love the duelists. Yeah. The other thing that is in this hallway besides that, there's there's a lot of. Well, I'm just trying to. We have a lot to go over, so I'll keep going. Oh, dude. Oh, dude, I was just thinking like, <laughs> you got to watch out because Henry's on the attack. You ain't gonna see it coming because he's gonna shoot you in the back. <laughs> We're not in the seance room yet, Kirk. Come on. Dude, it was too easy. <clears throat> All right. So the other things that are in this area um, include a giant portrait of Melanie, which actually oh, yeah. hasn't changed. Um, there's also mirrors and things on the walls. Like There's a lot of dull, old dusty mirrors and stuff, but there's nothing like in particular to say about them besides they're just mirrors. Uh, but there's a portrait of Melanie that has just kind of been refreshed since 2018, but she's still kicking there. Um, so the original concept art for this, where is it? Okay, so I have this concept art of this is from Fernando Tenedora produced this concept art first, which shows the bride portrait at the end of the hallway. And then Judy Svetson produced a more detailed concept for the portrait. And then the final portrait, of course, was created traditionally by Ackland Snow. So, uh, they, again, it went through a couple different artists. So it's really interesting that it's she went. She had a couple of variations of who what she. And this is this is one from the 2018 version, which is just in the attraction versus the picture of it. Um. Yeah, so the port that that's all I got on it. But that is the first time we see like Melanie as a bride. This is our moment to see her. Right. We see her mourning and having a veil in a very gloomy way, but now we're seeing her as a bride. Which what I love um about Melanie as we step around the corner. Well, I'm gonna save that for a second because I have to say, before we get any further, we have to we have to talk about this. Jump scare warning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys who have been with us for a while know this to be none other than Aunt Lucretia. She's a very stern mistress. Uh, and this is the 2018 version. Nice she, jawline. She was like green. And I feel like she floated. She like floated back and forth. And they stopped all that nonsense in this 2018 remodel. And they made her just like one of the ones to just follow you like usual. So they have uh, kind okay. of a, a relief uh, version of her, which can't see but um and they put some plants around her and whatnot instead so she looks she changed a little bit but uh she's still there you've just, changed the screen show she looks more white um like a bust like a marble bust versus this kind of green like creature of the deep color that they had her in before they also uh, have um bat stanchions as well just I like thought the I lost her for a second okay no i'm still here um, yeah, and you can and you can see the bad stanchions even in the concept art as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's the bird stanchions. <laughs> oh yeah, there. from the bird stanchions. Um, and the only other things I see there is a couch, 
like a settee that has wedding portraits, like a, a photo album open of wedding portraits. And then there's just some place setting props that are just old Victorian furniture and some very, very old plants and a lot of cobwebs. Um, Fun fact on cobwebs, they use hot glue and compressed air and basically spray hot glue because it retains longer, looks more effective. And it also does actually attract and keep dust. So it is very, very effective. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So then we go into the load area, unless you have anything else for that space. Yeah, nothing else. Okay. So we go into the load area, which has the grand staircase. And originally in 2018, it did not have anything on it besides like a table. It had kind of green... Um, ominous clouds oh, outside the window. Um, I just realized I, had, I I didn't notice I had this picture, but I had this picture. Oh, yeah. I, I think you had this I picture too, one. but... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So you can see that there was just kind of a table there and a grand staircase and not much there. Um, Wasn't much to speak of, but it was really interesting. Uh, but then they changed it and they added the bride. They added Melanie in 2018, which I actually... I got stopped here waiting to load and I have like this like crispy picture of it, which made me so happy. I got this crispy, <laughs> this crispy boy of it. I was so happy. Um, She's so forlorn looking out the, the window waiting, waiting. Yeah. When is he going to show up? So her veil blows in the in the breeze, but the guests can't feel the breeze. So that's part of the creepiness of that. And then there's a big storm outside the window. And here, keep that up because I have this is so reminiscent of Mark Davis's concept art for the bride from 1964 like this is just is that it's except she's facing the other direction and there's less storm but she's like at the top of the staircase we got a red carpet it's a bride hanging out on the staircase and made me happy th there can't be enough to be said about the floor show of seeing this because now we're getting an elevated view because where you enter you're entering at the the bottom and you round this corner to the right and you're passing through those ropes and the stanchions, and boom, this huge open space, multi-floor, and there, right at the focal point, being illuminated by that green, misty fog. That's where you load is at the bottom of those stairs. You get into your doom buggies, and they are doom buggies, um, just Yay. like in the U.S. parks, which I think we've talked about those an awful lot, but they're... Um, I love that they were going to call them seance conveyance at one point. I was like, can we bring that back, the seance conveyance? Yeah, I like I that. that. That's a good name. Uh, but they do have, I did notice on the, um, like the speed ramp or the ramp that you walk on to load into the Omnimover, they have arrows pointing to get in. No bats, just arrows. <laughs> no bats, just arrows, which, you know. Well, you know, okay, think about this. Instead of doing a switchback so people can see how to load on the Omnimover, they are bringing you into the left. Well, no, you have kind of a switchback. You have a switchback. It's just not as close. So I think it's like Disneyland's. Um, you're farther away from it. There's like a gap between you versus Disney World. You're like directly on the other side of it and can see it. Yeah, but that's, that's what I mean is, is but well, Walt Disney World, we go... We go past it and then come back. This one, doesn't it just like sweep to the right really long? And there's that big gap between guests and the loading area. Yeah. So it's like you're it's walking like past all that furniture yeah. that right. I showed you. And then there's kind of, there is 
a separation between you and where you're loading. There's like a big gap there, but you're going um, down and then you do turn back to load. So you do get to see it, but you don't really see the ramp moving at all. So okay. I think the arrows make a lot of sense, especially because there's a lot less people that are maybe used to that kind of loading or that Disney culture there, you know, so it's like, Soccer get in, <laughs> like hop in to your doom buggy. Yeah. Um, and something that was really interesting there was I had to pull down my own safety bar and I, what? yeah. And I was, I was waiting for it to come down. Right. Like that's what you do. And the cast was like, pull down on your bar, please. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, what? This is an automatic. But at some point it was because I oh. have um, some read some accounts of it where it says, allow me to lower the bar and then it would come down. So I don't know That's if it's so weird. broken or what. Right. Mademoiselle, see to play. Like, did somebody get hurt because they got hit by the bar and they complained? Like, I don't know what happened there. I don't know, dude. I get, I get hit by those bars all the time in Walt Disney World and they hurt. <laughs> They do. I always get, they always, I get them in the, like the lounge fly because I put my lounge fly in my lap and then like bangs into my lounge fly. It's good times. Um, I will say that uh, just like in Disneyland, there are griffins as you head up into the space here. So these, there's these big, this is not a great picture because I told you Phantom Manor is really dark, but there's these big winged griffins that are on either side of you. And something that's really interesting about these, and I'm pretty sure it's this way in Disneyland too, but they have this area of their neck that you could only see this if you took a flash picture, which I did not. This was from somewhere else. But they have a line across their necks that is looks like this was disconnected and like put it put back together. Hmm. That's because they were originally planned to look at you as you go past, like turn their heads uh... to look at you. And they do not do that currently. So at some point they either decided not to do it or they disabled it. I don't know. But I now I just desperately want to see the ones in Disneyland and confirm that that light is also there. So that's my next mission. So um, what are you as... looking at? Griffin necklines? What? <laughs> Nothing. I know that's that's where I'm hoping to stop, you know, because you get stopped. If I get stopped somewhere, I can take one of those like low light photos where it takes a while to like develop and not use flash and disturb anything. But then right. I can like see all the details. So anyway, um are we ready to head into the see, see Melanie in her early version? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when we actually see her as a physical being in only the 2018 or the, sorry, the 1992 version. And she looks like a giant doll. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. She's, she's holding a candelabra in one hand and a rose bouquet in the other. And she's, oh, she's got her eyes closed. Her eyes look, if not closed, they're almost closed. And everybody complained because at this point you hear her singing, but her mouth is closed. So this audio animatronic didn't make a lot of sense in that way. You're like, she's singing with her mouth closed. In the lore, she was practicing to be a ventriloquist in a variety <laughs> show that was taking place at the saloon. So it made sense. Gosh, this is what she looked like without the flash on. So the candelabra is lit up, and you can see she's uh, this one, she has her eyes open. So I think her eyes open and closed, but she's not there anymore. Instead, they replaced her with this knight, just like the uh, Disneyland and Disney World versions. That the, the knight that just kind of moves every once in a while. So, I don't, I don't like space. the they kind of have like this, uh, this like ghostly kind of. 
I, I don't know what you would call it, like whimsical coloration around its head. It's almost like, because oh. it's not straight ghost, but it, <laughs> it gives you this gives you this effect that there's Mickey ears on his head. I know. I, as soon as I went around it, I said to my kids, I'm like, look, he has Mickey. He has hidden. In my, I think my daughter said it was hidden Mickey. I was like, I think, I like think it. it's, I think it's purposeful. I'm yeah. not positive, but I think it is purposeful to be that. Well, he used to be like this. Like, this is him. Uh, he was around the corner where you would see him in the U.S. parks now. But uh, they moved him to be in that place. Here, keep that up. Um, they moved him to be in that place where they took Melanie out because they're like, she doesn't make any sense here. So that's where he is now, is in this little alcove, which also doesn't quite make sense. But it is what it is. Do you want to go on to the endless hallway? Sure. This actually hasn't changed that much since the earlier version. It does it does look more convincing now, I'll say. This is the kind of older version. Oh look, you have like the concept art. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. Sometimes. <laughs> so this is the twenty eighteen version. You can see what what's happening here is Melanie is holding on to the candelabra. So instead of the floating candelabra like we get in the U.S. parks, you see Melanie. So the interesting thing is when they added 2018, you actually see the phantom behind her, which yeah, is I, not I think, something they had. I think that's cool. Mm. That was a good addition. It's creepy. I, have, I feel like I have a... It's really hard to see, though. If you're not paying attention, you might not notice that the phantom is standing behind her. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really challenging because of the lighting. I was listening for it because if you remember the endless hallway, the original version was going to be a ghost rushing towards you and then like flying over your head. Uh, And that's why it says hot and cold running chills in the U.S. version. Um, But I didn't hear any of those sound effects in this version at all. So, yeah, which would make sense. Oh, yeah, that's a good picture. of the. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I, I found a good one. She's definitely more convincing here. It's creepier in this version than, than in the 2018 or the well, 1992 version. I think it's more convincing because she's further away and you don't have to stare at the detailing of her as much, you know? And then... Well, she was just as far away. She just was more obviously an animatronic, I guess, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, she looks like this. But she does she have her veil down now? Yes. Like, she didn't have her veil down and she was just like, really obviously an audio animatronic and now she's the lighting is different and she just looks creepier and then she's got the phantom behind her so it's very much like what's going on there it's harder to tell i guess yeah and the fact that it's harder to tell makes it creepier Mm -hmm. shall we move on to the music room time for a little music sure so so this this music room i don't know don't listen to me uh (laughs) So there's a lot of things that are going on that to me, when I immediately think of the Walt Disney World version of the Haunted Mansion, one, we're getting the ominous trees outside, which we had talked about, one, in the landscaping outside of this manor, but also at Snow White. And then we do get, instead of, we have a piano, but this is kind of like a combination because there's a funeral wreath to the left, which is just like our coffin scene. With a raven on top of it, that's exactly pulled from the Walt Disney World version. Um, but then this, we are seeing a silhouette on the piano, and below it is the Phantom actually playing the piano. And then on top of uh, the instrument is 
the portraits of Melanie and her four suitors. Yeah, and this isn't obviously, this is the 2018 version that Kirk is talking about. And the earlier one had the raven sitting on top of a box full of music, which I think is really interesting. What? Yeah, this is like this pages of music that are propped up. <laughs> yeah, like why was that integral? Yeah, I I don't know. What were the, do, can you see any of the music at all? Like uh, the names of the... It's pretty blurry. It says start of something. Mm. So it's in English, which would make sense for it being placed in America. Um, the 1992 version, yeah, had the Raven. And then it's interesting because the Phantom playing it is so much like the Walt Disney World version, but not like the Disneyland version because the Disneyland version is more like a shadow, um, almost like a projected shadow. That as... attic shadow is so convincing and awesome. Yeah. Like, they probably should replace this one with that. But this one clearly is, like, an animatronic, like, shadow playing the piano. The most prominent photo on top of the piano is Barry Claude, which is the suitor uh, who is clawed by a bear, right? And it's his skeletal hand that is bursting through a mausoleum slab in the last scene, still holding the ring he wanted to offer to Melanie, which is so creepy. Um, but he was the last suitor to die and probably the most insistent in asking for the young lady's hand. And so he gets kind of a prominent spot on the piano for that reason. So I guess at the end, he's giving her his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Take my hand, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> and is that is are we going to say is that a uh, a little throwback to Claude Coates, Barry Claude? Because it's spelled so. C-L-A-U-D-E. I thought about it. I have a picture of the mausoleum. Well, they did but... uh, little nods to both Mark Davis and Claude Coates. Um, if you look in some of their original kind of like newsletters they were hanging out, or handing out in Thunder Mesa and whatnot, they have this one that's an ad for Davis Coates. New Orleans established 1869, the finest overcoats, cloaks, and capes for all happy and somber occasions. So it's a little ad. And it has uh, two of them there, like two gentlemen, which is really fascinating. So I think absolutely that's a little nod to Claude Coates. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So that that's, I think so. But okay. I haven't seen anything officially tie it to that, but I would think so. Yeah. Do you have anything else for the music room? Nada, nada. Okay. Corridor of Doors. Um, honestly, this was so dark. Like, even like looking back at my footage, I could, could barely see the doors. Um, but it's almost identical to Disneyland's version in a lot of ways, um, in that there's no lights behind the doors like there are in Disney World. Um, there's no uh portraits on the walls though, and there is a tomb sweet tomb sign hanging up, so that's the same as the US parks. The effects, remember, from the doors um, are from the movie The Haunting from 1963. So some of the doors like bow out. Some of them have knobs that are going up and down. And then uh, the interesting thing, though, I, I gasped. I gasped, Kirk. I was so happy when I saw this. What did you gasp over? <laughs> Let me tell you. So this is uh, this is from Phantom Manor, this picture I'm about to show you. Okay. Okay. Look what is on this door. Do you see at the top? Oh wow! It's the um, 
it's the exact same like us, like the the ironwork that we have not only in our fireplace but also in the uh, in the stretching room. Okay, and, yes, but that's uh, not what I'm talking doors about. Too. Look at I, the I top mean, of the door. Look at the top of the door. It's, I mean, I'm seeing like skeletal fingers. Hands. Is that what I'm, the hands, hands. The hands. Do you remember when on in Disney World there's used to be hands on the door no, there I never, right before I the clock. Never, I don't remember that at all. We did that in our series. I understand that, but I still forget a lot of things. <laughs> anyway, so the reason I'm so excited is because you're tr- you're right, though. I was excited about the demon face on the top of the door. So, yes. Bonus points hands, for that. The hands. But the hands were the point because there used to be these creepy hands that were holding on top of the door in the Disney World version right before you see the clock. So this is the last door before you see the clock. And if you look at Disney World, you, you can still see... I thought you were going to say that the doors are still bulging. No, well, they, they do, that do that too. But yeah, they do that too. But this one in particular, it actually does move and shake and the hands move because of that. But if you look in Disney World, there's still marks on the door where the hands used to be, but they don't exist anymore. And the reason is because they thought that the ghost shouldn't be manifesting until after the seance room. So mm. that's why they changed it in Disney World. But they didn't here. They have the skeleton. You know, they did a really nice job with that, you know, keeping the fact that you shouldn't have ghosts before the seance room by putting the hatbox ghosts right out to the endless <laughs> corridor. I Yeah, I don't have words for that. I don't have words. They haven't done it yet, right? Maybe there's still time. There's it's still there. time, Kurt. It's there. It's there. It's behind a curtain. So anyway, um, so besides the hands on the door... I will mention that the sound engineer, Jake Ellis, reintroduced certain original effects from the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland as a tribute to Jim McDonald, who was a pioneer in cinema sound effects and kind of like Walt Disney's sound guy. So in this hallway in particular, he had some of the original sounds. Um, Another thing that happens in this hallway is I don't think this happens at Disney World. Maybe you can tell me but the lights, the eyes, the eyes in the wallpaper actually light up. Yeah. Great picture mm-hmm. of it. So I don't think we have that in Disneyland. So yeah, we have that in Walt Disney World. The same um, eye wallpaper that's very iconic for the Haunted Mansion, like my ears, <laughs> actually do light up in the in the on the wall as you're going towards the clock. Do you want to talk about the clock at all? Do you have things? Uh, I don't have a picture of it, but it's the same 13 hour clock that's spinning endlessly. That we would have gotten from uh, the Museum of the Weird if they actually ended up making it. So that demon clock. Yeah. And it's uh, the so if you guys remember when we talked about these before, how all of the different parks have different hands for the clocks. So Disney World has fingers for the hands of the clock. Disneyland kind of looks like a bat if it gets like at the across from each other position. And Disneyland Paris is uh, snakes, actually, serpents for its hands on its clock. And uh, yeah, and then it's got the demon face and pendulum and claw, just like all the others. And so it does have the claw that comes down with that same effect that was from oh. um, Yale Gracie and uh, Raleigh Crump, where it's just essentially like a, not cardboard, but like a cardboard cutout, you know, a cutout in front of a light that's in a circle and there's four of them. And they go around, and that's how you see the shadow of the hand come down. So that's all I got for the clock. Okie dokes. <laughs> uh, into the seance room? Let's do it. 
Okay. <laughs> the seance room was a really weird experience because they didn't have any instruments along the walls at yeah, all. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I do have some concept art. Oh, you got it. Look at you. Tell you what. So then I've got one that is from with the lights on that somebody else took. And uh, so this seance room is, is super different because it's got like these like griffin like gargoyles around the walls uh, that are kind of similar to the ones you see in the Evil Queen's dungeon scene in Snow White. But they're not exactly the same because I looked them up because I was like, these don't look the same. So they look like this. They're extremely hard to see, though, because it's really dark in there. There's kind of like evil griffins that are looking down at you that have wings on them and claws. And I did look up the one for Snow White because I was like, this is the one that's in the queue of Snow White. And they don't look the same to me. They look different. And you do get the raven uh, on the armchair top, just like you do in Walt Disney World. Yeah, but Madame Leota herself, she looks different. Like, it's a little jarring if you're used to Madame Leota or if you're used to, um, you know, the, the Disneyland, Disney World versions. She's portrayed and voiced by Una Lind, who is a makeup artist and actress. And so she doesn't look at all like the U.S. parks. <laughs> um, she sits on a table and the table floats back and forth, like kind of tilts back and forth. And uh, this is the only version of Leota in any Disney haunted mansion or haunted manor that's portrayed and voiced by the same actress usually it's different face with a different voice so i have a picture of what she actually looks like in real life does she have blue hair she does not <laughs> she does not she looks really different than the one in the in the ball i do have her script if we want to hear it let's do it so i'm going to read this all in english but it does Again, go back and forth between English and French. So, goblins and ghoulies, creatures of fright, we summon you now to dance through the night. Um, spirits and phantoms on your proud stallions escort the beautiful bride into the night. Warlocks and witches answer this call. Your presence is wanted at this ghostly ball. As twelve strokes of midnight sound from the bells, we shall waltz together, gruesome debutant. I'm sure that rhymes in its original French. <laughs> It does. I'm reading it now. Um, join now the spirits in nuptial doom, a ravishing bride, a vanishing groom. Which I think is my favorite line. Yeah, that's a good one. So that, I think, oh, the only other thing I want to point out in this room is it's almost impossible to see, but it's there. There's two things. There's one that is a Moroccan side table. And then there's also a spirit cabinet, which we talked about in our original Haunted Mansion series, uh, which was, and it looks like it has a demon face on the top too, which I think is really cool. Great place to store your ectoplasm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it has a lot of uh, ties back to the early, early days of spiritualism and the idea that, you know, you call forth all of these spirits out of the spirit cabinet. And so that's why that is there. And it is in the U.S. parks as well, but they're very hard to see, so... Keep a, keep an eye out for them. All right. Do we want to go into the Grand Hall? I feel like we should stop. Okay. So we <laughs> The only reason why is we get... Yeah, because there's a lot of details in here that I want to spend time on, and I know we're not going to get to the boudoir if we actually spend the amount of time that I think we should spend. 
in the game. I'm with you on that. I think that's a good place to pause because I think it's... Yeah, because it's there's there's so many details, so many ghosts, and I don't think it's fair to just kind of try to cram it in. This isn't Pirates Episode 1, <laughs> Season 1, where we have to do everything. But I'll, I'll leave you with this. For those that are listening, we are looking over the Grand Hall, which is very similar to other mansions that you've seen. But overlooking the entire thing is Melanie with the Phantom. So, yes, that's it's there's very exciting. It's an exciting scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you we don't have a central focal point because remember in uh, the mansions that we have, all the action happens above and below because that's where they have the Pepper's Ghost effects. So it's kind of cool to just have something in the center. Yeah, it's um, I can't wait to talk about this, but I'm happy to wait till next week to uh, pursue the grand hall and all the the goodies that are within it and then we'll we'll head to um what would be the the attic in the u.s versions but it's actually millenny's chambers we'll head to the catacombs and down to phantom canyon and uh all those things so um all that is coming up uh in the in next week i guess we can uh we can do that next week and then you think one more episode, I think, and that will probably take us out of Phantom Manor. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it'll probably one or two, one or two, and we're out. <laughs> I always leave extra because you never know. You just never know. Yeah. You know, you, once you stumble on something and you find like a an odd story or a different rabbit trail, you might as well explore it. Well, what is your favorite thing that you've encountered so far in researching Phantom Manor that surprised uh, you? I, you know what, honestly. To me, this refurbishment, it's I'm I'm gonna look at it as an all-encompassing. I like that this haunted uh this haunted mansion or Phantom Manor has a a storyline that's connected throughout the entire Frontierland slash Thunder Mesa. And yeah. it is beautifully told in a cohesive manner from start to finish. And this would be a location where most people would complain for refurbishments like, oh, you ruined my ride I love. Granted, I don't have the nostalgia of what this was prior, but to me, this might be the perfect version of a Haunted Mansion story because it's Mm. just, it's beautiful. And I love seeing the- Big words. Yeah, but you know what? Well, yeah. it's not that big. I think I use like two <laughs> syllable words the entire time. It's a beat. And That's and you know, and I, you know I know it. I know it. And the the Phantom too. I just I get excited about having someone to despise, but also love as a character. You know, mm-hmm. where I don't have that because everybody's disembodied, and I can pick certain ghosts and certain That's characters. Like Constance ish but she's not throughout the whole yeah she's thing. not really though she no, really she's isn't like, like the attic the hat box it. ghosts are just chilling in the attic because they're banished there for all eternity for their crimes yeah i mean yeah, i guess this... she's kind of in the stretching room now because but the only because they kind of put her there because that was abigail pate cleaver and they right. changed her name to constance hatchaway to make it work but still again it's not telling a cohesive story like every single stretching room portrait you know, the, the only thing is the changing portraits. They, you know, you have Henry on him, but like, where does this ship? Is that, it was at the sea captain ship? Where's the, was Claude Coates, did he ride 
horses. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a little <laughs> bit of a disjoint to there, but like, yeah. for the most part, this is just the whole thing makes sense. And from a guest perspective, I think it just tells a really compelling story. Plus, it's creepy, dude. This is the it creepiest is. one. And I love creepy. It is. It is really creepy. And I think they can, they made it even creepier in 2018. And I was just like, oh, wow, yeah. this keeps keeps going. So yeah. um, I'm excited. I, how about you? How about you? I feel, I, I feel like this is a good flip question. Uh, I mean, I really was not expecting all the special effects to happen. Like I was not, just mm. like it caught me unawares. And I was just like, they should do this in the U.S. parks, although I don't really want them to like mess with Mark Davis's stuff. I was like, could they enhance it in a way that also makes it like add some effects to it would be really cool. Um, I really loved, I can't wait to get to it because Phantom Canyon just made my life. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Like it's, it is, they built a town inside the mansion. Yeah. There was an ode to Mark Davis and it's just like, it is, it's great. And so I can't wait to get to that. Hopefully next week, um, we'll get into that and, and really pull forth some of the concept art that they drew from, from Mark Davis to make all of that. But I think that for me. And just some of the surprises that happened throughout there um, that I wasn't expecting. I was just delighted. I got off and I was off the ride and I was just like, this is amazing. And I was like, I have to go again and again. And of course, I only went on it like three times, I think, the whole time because we were busy. But it was like, I would go back in a heartbeat. It was so good. It's so good. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just excited because I'm, I'm very, this is, you know me. I love anything haunted and I'm just excited to to learn about an attraction that I literally know nothing about. So every single week I am learning all new and it, just exploring it. It makes me want to go to Paris like immediately. Yeah. Thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of Distory. It's been such a joy to walk through these parts of the Phantom Manor and explore all the differences from the U.S. parks and, and this really integral story that is tied all the way throughout the manor uh we'll dig into more of this the rest of the manor next week uh, but until then we hope you have a, a great weekend and we'll see you next time